Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome, welcome to the Vol Bros. My name is Evan. This is my brother, Rustin, and we are two Vol Bros who are actually bros in real life. Man, oh man, a busy, busy day. Uh, not necessarily on Rocky Top, but the teams from Rocky Top playing around the country. Uh, we got basketball at Kentucky today. Unfortunately, lost that one. We'll talk about that in just a moment. As we speak, the baseballs are trying to find their first win of the season. And the Lady Vols are currently leading Liberty University. And we'll talk about that momentarily as well. But first, um, today in Rupp Arena against Kentucky, unfortunately, the basketballs dropped one there. My goodness, the tale of two halves. Uh, Rustin, what, are, what were your takeaways from today? So the reason I chose coin toss for my name tonight is that's our basketball team. On any given day, <laughs> you've got a 50-50 shot of what you're going to get, sometimes 50-50 in the exact same game. Um, <laughs> the first half was absolutely awful. There's no other word you can put on it. Um, I don't think they could have played worse. Um, and then the second half, they come out and perform somewhat better. I wouldn't say they played great in the second half. They were still... Um, really inconsistent. Um, you know, the, the difference in the game was against Alabama, our four, our four post players against Alabama combined for 33 points. Today, they combined for 12. Four post players cannot Not combine great, for 12 points. Um, you know, our guards didn't play great but they did enough to win and our post game just completely let the team down. And, and it didn't matter who they put out there. None of the four of them played well. Uh, and honestly, it's going to keep being a coin toss until one of those four guys decides they're going to step up and become the man. And unfortunately I don't see that happening anytime soon. One of the things that people were saying after the game was just the vast disparity and in, in free throw attempts between the two teams. Uh, I think Kentucky shot 35 free throws and Tennessee shot 14. I think is the difference. Yeah, like that's that's you know that's terrible. That's terrible. And I get that. I understand that. But probably part of the problem was in the second half, Tennessee. Kudos to them, and they fought back. They were down 20 at the half. They fight back in the second half. Santi essentially wills them back into the game. Um, they, they cut the lead to eight at one point and they could never, they could never get closer. Um, there were, there was, there were times when they would come down the court and get a stop and have a chance to cut that lead more. They get foul and go to the free throw line, miss the front end of a one and one. They did not make a single free throw in the second half. That is not a good recipe for March at all. None zero. Um, and, and so you look at that disparity in free throws and part of that was self-inflicted by Tennessee because whereas they could have had two free throws, they missed the front end of one and one. And now you, you don't only have one and you're over whatever. Um, so that was very, that was the most concerning thing to me uh, watching the second half, knowing what's coming in the future with the NCAA tournament, the SEC tournament. Unreal. Um, you can't go over in the whole half for, for free throws. You just can't do it, especially in clutch moments in the game when you're, I mean, think about this. The clock was stopped. They had an opportunity to cut into the lead with no time coming off the clock and they couldn't capitalize on it. 
you can't get back into a game like that when you when you're not when you're not taking advantage of the opportunities given to you. So that was frustrating. Um, as far as our player of the game, uh, mine was Santi. I mean, the, he was the only guy, in my opinion, that really deserved it. Um, one of yeah, my other takeaways. Arble mentioned it, Jemai Meshack. Yeah. So uh, this was kind of a, I don't know, and I could be alone in this thought, but Jemai, yes, he was tremendous defensively as always, but he cannot be a liability on the offensive end. Um, and tonight he was. He, he's got to develop his shot. And and the one time I did see him shoot a three in the second half, he, he drained it. It went in. Um, but, man, he just – there were times when, you know, we'd dribble penetrate, kick it out to him for a wide open three, and he wouldn't pull the trigger because he wasn't confident in himself. Uh, you know, there's – I almost, I almost took a, a screenshot of it on my phone because I was watching the second half on my phone. I almost took a screenshot of it. There was a, a play where he had the ball at the top of the key. He's standing right at the, the three-point line. And they were giving him so much of a cushion. The guy defending him was below the free throw line, giving him that much space to shoot the ball, just asking him to shoot it, and he wouldn't do it. Um, that That's not a recipe for success in March. They, he has to be an offensive threat. Uh, when we dribble penetrate and kick it out to him and there's nobody within seven or eight feet of him, he's or more than that even. There were times when it was 10 to 15 feet. He has to take that shot. He has to. Even if he misses it, he has to take, because you're not going to get a more open shot than that. The chances of it going in are higher than, I mean, you, you just, you, you can't pass it up. You just can't pass it up. And so that he became kind of a liability on that. And I know he had 16 points. It was like probably his most points he's ever scored as of all. But at, at the same time, if you watch the flow of the game, defenses were just sagging off of him, letting him have all day if he wanted to, knowing he's not going to take the shot. And so then all the attention becomes focused on Santi and Tyreek Key. And so if, if Jemai can develop into an offensive threat, that's going to add a whole other level of, of a whole other dimension to this team. But Santi, I mean, my goodness, the way he shot the ball in the second half, he certainly deserves, I think, player of the game. What about you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was he was probably the best player on, on the court for most of the second half, if not the whole second half. He's, he, I mean, there was one there was one moment in the second half where we had scored 22 points and he had 15 of them. Um. Yeah, so he he decided to put the team on his back in the second half, and that was valiant. It was it was a good effort to watch, but again, none of it matters if there's a non-existent post game. I mean, yeah. he he can only do so much, and you know, to that free throw disparity, people are talking about. You know, toward the end of the game, I saw people saying, "Well, you got to hit your free throws." Well, we missed ten. Yeah. Kentucky missed 12. So you can't really point to that and say that that's a big part of it because that equals out. Um, you know, that's, that's not, that's not something that you can kind of hang your hat on. 
Vols just hit a two run bomb to go up two to one. Oh, good. Um, bottom of the or top of the fourth, um, which was very much needed because up to that swing, our offense was non existent. Um, Duster said, got to hit your shot. Sad to watch. I agree. Oh, my goodness. Especially the first half. Oh, it was horrible. We were sitting here talking about it right before we went live. Uh, the, the Vols shot one of 13 from the three point line in the first half. That is 7.7%. Not great, Bob. <laughs> um, that is not that is not the, the stat column you want for that at all. Um, but uh, Dester, thank you for joining us, buddy. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Santi in the second half, I mean, talk about tail of two halves, like we were saying. His first shot that he made in the second half, the guy was guarding him, up on him. And the guy took one step off of him and Sonny just pulled the trigger right in his face from about five feet behind the three-point line and drained it. And when that went in, you could feel like, oh, maybe, you know, we might have something here. And then the next couple trips down the court, man, he was just feeling it. He hit another fadeaway three in the corner. Um, probably the, the prettiest thing he did all night was when he drove. Uh, the, I mean, he just blew by. I can't remember who was gardening. He just blew by the guy. And then over the top of, I don't think it was Toppin. It was somebody else. Um, uh, tried to come over, help side defense, block a shot, laid it up over both of them. Man, it was beautiful. Um, that was that was a, one of the prettiest plays of the night. But uh, we got at A and M Tuesday, so in that yeah, right? not looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> so they better they better turn it around because which but again, team's going to show knows? up? I mean, ever, ever, who can possibly predict what this team is going to do or who's going to show up? It, it, it's, it, that's, that's why it's so frustrating to watch them because you're like, how do you go out and play that well against Alabama and then in the first half of the very next game have hands down your worst half of the entire season? Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. They had 10 points. When, when at the at the under eight media timeout, which happened with six minutes and fifty four seconds, I believe, and that's uh, because the half, that's because they, they hit a three points. in the first twelve minutes of the game. They scored seven. Yeah, that's unreal, man. It's so sad. That was so bad. When Jemai um, Mayshack is your leading scorer with five of your ten, we got problems like that. That's yeah. not okay ever. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Tyler said, I'm still encouraged by our ability to stay in the game. I mean, to have played so poorly in the first half, the fact that it was a single digit game is encouraging from a no quit factor, I believe for Tuesday. I mean, I, I agree they didn't quit, but you also have to capitalize when they're getting, when they're giving you opportunities at the free throw line to cut the lead and, uh, with no time coming off the clock, you got in the second half, you, know, you got to capitalize on that because here's the deal. Okay. Let's, let's, let's go back to the second half there. There was one point it gets down to an eight or nine point game. They go to the free throw line. A six point game feels much different than a 10 point game. And if you can get that lead down to six with just a few minutes left, you know, we're only two possessions down at this point. That's a way different scenario than a 10 point game. And so I agree. I totally agree with Tyler. It's encouraging that they don't quit. Like you, we can't, no one could ever call them, you know, People are just going to give up because they don't do that. 
But at the same time, you got to give take advantage of opportunities when they're given to you. And to go over in the second half from the free throw line, that just that was a dagger to themselves, unfortunately. Um, a couple other things going on right now. Let's talk about some Lady Vol softball. So before you say anything, um, before before we came on the air, we were talking about Kiki uh, Kiki Malloy and McKenna Gibson were tied at three home runs each through the first seven games. Kiki Malloy just hit number four. So she now has four home runs in their first seven games. Golly, wow. She's, yeah, killing, she's on man. fire. She's a leadoff hitter. <laughs> yep. And she is crushing the ball. I mean, there she's got to be like, if the season, if they were like giving out front runners for player of the year in the country, she's got to be at the top, man. Like, is it it's becoming an oddity when she doesn't hit a home run now yep um i mean like she's just she's killing the ball uh rebecca and company hounds too said i didn't even recognize this team today speaking of the basketballs couldn't hit anything and the free throws what in the world good grief we were amazing just a few days ago against alabama <laughs> there's another day that's a great point um just a few days ago the completely different team shows up honestly the Tennessee Vols bas- men's basketball team this year is a great lesson as to why it is probably not wise to gamble on men's basketball in NCAA. Oh, I would <laughs> because never, you don't know what team's showing up with this group. I would never encourage anyone to to put any money on Tennessee, positive or negative. There, there is <laughs> literally no way to predict <laughs> and, and even get remotely yeah. close to what that team is going to do. Yeah, I mean, just like Rustin's. Uh, just like his uh, name for today, coin toss. I mean, you don't know. You don't know who's showing up. You don't know. Uh, th- thank you, Rebecca and Tyler, for coming back and visiting with us again. That's awesome. We appreciate you guys. Um, so back to uh, the Lady Ball softball team. They're up three to nothing in the top of the sixth against Liberty. That's good. That's good. Um, they lost a close one. I think it was five to four against Cal State Fullerton earlier today. Yep. Um, Totally understand that. Man, California, as far as softball, California is a factory for softball players. So many good softball players come out of that state. And so Cal State Fullerton has a tremendous base to recruit from. Um, you know, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Close game, five to four. I think Kiki hit a home run in that one too. If I had to bet, she that's did. what I would say. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, now she just hit another one. She's killing it, man. She's killing the ball. It's unreal. Lead off here. Yep. Uh, Tyler said, should we be concerned at the lack of bats for Vitello and company? So this team is going to be a little different from last year's team. And, and, and I think the biggest way they're going to be different is last year, we had a lot of offensive depth. You know, we could, we could platoon positions against right-handers or left-handers um, sometimes every position if if they wanted to. But you have to remember last year's team graduated a lot of guys and the depth from last year's team are now the starters. And the guys who are behind those starters aren't ready. So we are not going to be a deep team offensively. Um, but the first nine will be very good. Unfortunately, our leadoff man, who will be an All-American, has still not been cleared by the NCAA, which is the biggest load of garbage ever. 
how on earth does a kid enroll before school ever starts, transfers back in June, he's in good academic standing, the only reason he transferred was his coach at Kansas retired. Otherwise, he'd still be at Kansas. So this is an absolute no-brainer. The NCAA should have approved this on August 12th. And here we are at game two. And yesterday, Tennessee Tennessee was so assuming that this would be a no-brainer and he would get approved that he was in the lineup card yesterday. And two hours before game time, they got final confirmation that the NCAA hadn't reviewed his file yet, which is just insane. Yeah. So that it is a travesty what they are doing. And honestly, if they drag this out anymore, Maui should lawyer up because they're costing him money. You know, he's yeah. he. They're costing him NIL money. They're costing him um, video for draft status. Um, he should have a lawyer all over their tail by Monday if this thing doesn't get resolved this weekend. Um, you know, so you put him in the lineup, all of a sudden it shuffled, shuffles Jared Dickey down to number two. Guys who are hitting in two hole, which is Christian Moore tonight, he moves to the five or six hole. Um, you know, the other guy that's missing is Griffin Merritt. Uh, Griffin is a fifth year senior. He was the American Conference Player of the Year last year, hit over 300 with, uh, I think, 20 home runs, led the team in RBIs, doubles, um, was Conference Player of the Year in the American Conference, which is a really good baseball conference. He had to sit the first two games this weekend. You'll see him for the first time tomorrow. Um, in their, in their season-ending loss last year, he got ejected arguing balls and strikes. And again, the NCAA and its infinite wisdom – if you get thrown out of the last game of the year, you have to sit out the first two of the next year, you know, because eight months later, you're still really focused on that ball and strike you were arguing last year. <laughs> um, you know, so that makes a ton of sense. So, you know, he's he's got to sit out last night and today. He'll start tomorrow. He's an immediate difference maker. He might be the second best, best bat in the entire lineup behind Ahuna. And so, you know, when you take out two of your top four hitters on a team that's not offensively deep, that shuffles the rest of your batting order, which creates issues in other spots of your lineup. So once those two guys get back, Tennessee should be fine offensively because it'll shuffle the order in the way it should be. But if they have any injuries that could be an issue because the offensive depth is not there yet. And that, like you said, that is a stark difference from last year because, you know, he could just pull, you know, like Booker, go, go get a base hit, you know, or, or, you know, Christian Moore, go in there and get a base hit. That kind of thing. And it was no big deal, you know? Um, and that's different now. It's different. Yeah. The guys, the guys that were our, fifth or sixth option to pinch hit last year are either starting or the first option to pinch hit this year. Guys like Logan Chambers, um, you know, guys that rarely ever saw the opportunity to play. They're now squarely in the mix. And, it, you know, it's going to take some time for some of those younger guys like you mentioned Kyle Booker, you know, guys who didn't get a whole lot of playing time last year but are going to be good players take some time. Like they, they've got to see live reps and, and they've got to face, you know, 
the best of the best. And honestly, starting off with Arizona and Grand Canyon, they're facing the best of the best. Right. Um, those are those are two really strong programs that will absolutely be in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, they're they're good. That's what I was gonna say. You know, it's not like they're starting off the season with a cupcake FCS school or something like that, like in football. No. Well, but did you see what happened with Mississippi State and VMI? And and this get out of here. VMI beat Mississippi State. Oh, hold on. This is this is the craziness that is college baseball. And as much parity as there is in college basketball, there might be even more in college baseball. Yesterday, (laughs) yesterday, Mississippi State beat VMI eleven to two. Today. VMI beat Mississippi State 14 to 13. Oh my goodness. You just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Man. Well, like, you know, Rustin and I were talking about it beforehand. Like, Grand Canyon, dude, they're good. Like, like, they are repeatedly, you know, consistently in the NCAA tournament and the regionals. I mean, they're, they're good. Like, that, this isn't some slouch team they're playing today. Same thing with Arizona. And so here's here's my one takeaway from that game last night with Arizona. Any the, the guys who are playing are Division One college baseball players, and the NCAA has allowed them to carry a metal bat up to the plate with them. Um, anytime you can hold Division One college baseball players swinging metal bats <laughs> to three runs in a game. That's a good night. Uh, that's a really good night. And so kudos to the pitching staff yesterday. There are three pitchers through. We had uh, Dollander start, uh, Halverson come in, and then uh, Kirby came in to, to finish it off. Um, they held they held Arizona to three runs. That's a good game for them. Um, these dudes are swinging metal bats. Like the ball pops off those bats a little bit. <laughs> Um, the fact that they held them to three runs is a great outing. And he, if you're a Division One college team and you hold the opposing team to three runs, you should win that game. Like that's the bottom line. So kudos to Arizona's pitching because clearly they they were dominant pitchers as well. Um, so hopefully uh, hopefully they can finish that one out with Grand Canyon and, and win that one. Uh, you got an update on that score, Rustin? Yeah, it's still two to one in the top of the fifth, but. Um... Jared Dickey just hit a one-out triple. So we've got a runner on third with one out. Um, so hopefully okay. – and again, this this is a great example of that roster shuffle I was talking about. You know, normally Maui Ahuna would be hitting leadoff. Jared hit Dickey would be in the two-hole. But because Ahuna's out, Dickey's having to hit leadoff, and Hunter Inslee, who – rarely will start this season is hitting two hole and with a runner on third and one out he just popped up to the infield for the second out you know yeah that's that's the kind of thing i'm talking about rather than having you know um jared dickey being immediately followed by blake burke with you know which blake burke with a runner on third is pretty good any pitcher Um, <laughs> you know, instead they're standing there looking at Hunter Inslee, who, you know, bless his heart, doesn't strike fear in the heart of any pitcher. So, you know, it's, it's, it's part of it. You just got to weather these moments. And, um, now Christian Moore's up there and there may not be anybody in the country colder than Christian Moore right now. Um, well, 
I want to elaborate on one thing you just said. And honestly, I think this is the most encouraging thing to anybody who's watching this. You just heard Rustin say, Jared Dickey just hit a, a one out triple. That means Jerry, D- Jared Dickey had to run from home to third base <laughs> without that getting is, injured. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you watched the Tennessee Vols last season, you understand how significantly important that is that he just ran, hit a triple um, and that he's playing center field, roaming the outfield. Uh, he couldn't move last year. Like he, the second half of the season, the guy literally hardly could not move because his ankle was so messed up. And so that's, that's, that's ex- very exciting to hear that because, man, he is such a threat at the plate. He yeah. is such a tough out. Like he, he finds a way on base. And the fact that he just hit a triple means he is fully healthy. Uh, that is very, very exciting and very encouraging for Tennessee fans. He played center last night. They moved him to right tonight, and I think that's probably where he'll end up staying. Um, but they moved him to right because Hunter Inslee got the starts. So they could give him a chance. He's in center tonight. Um, I, I would not expect to see that moving forward. Again, that's uh, Griffin Merritt's not playing, so we're going to give somebody else a shot. Uh, let's see if before we sign off here, let's see if the Lady Vols – softball team we can get an update on them real quick because that game's probably just about over liberty scored um it's three to one tennessee in the bottom of the sixth so they got one inning left they play seven innings in uh in college softball so um well so we got three games going on tennis Christian Moore gets a base hit, his first hit of the year. RBI single, Vols go up three to one. Well, that was a very timely hit there. He needed that. He he has been struggling mightily. Um, so we got baseball, base baseball, basketball, and softball all playing today. Basketball drops one in Rupp. Uh, softball has two games today. Looks like they're going to go one and one on the day, and baseball hopefully can can maintain this lead they got a 3-1 lead hopefully they can maintain that lead and close that one out as well and don't overlook tomorrow now i feel good about it because we're sending drew beam to the mound but you see san diego can play too they're no slouch hey they got some good looking uniforms yeah (laughs) um i know that's totally off topic aside (laughs) from how they look they're in one of the best conferences in america and they're they're very good um Steven, I don't know how he says his last name. He play, he was a pitcher at Virginia. Steven Scope Scooch Scott. I can't say his last. I don't know how he says donkey. It. Yeah, the don big donkey is what he's called. Yeah, um, he's a tremendous follow on Twitter. By the way, if, if for baseball in particular, college baseball, and he you know he was tweeting out all the different highlights and stuff today. And two teams that he showed little clips of, and I was like, man, those are some good looking uniforms. Uh, one of them was Citadel. They had a walk off hit tonight. They were looking sharp, man. They were they had some good looking unis. And San Diego was the other one that had great looking unis tonight. Both of them were like a powder blue. Um, it was good looking, good looking stuff, man. Well, Rustin, so, go ahead. I've got a question. I got a question for everybody watching or listening. We're 20 and 7. Basketballs, we're 20 and 7. We're at Texas AM on Tuesday. Then we've got South Carolina and Arkansas at home. 
and then at Auburn, okay, 20 and 7, at Texas A&M, South Carolina and Arkansas at home, and then at Auburn. What's your prediction? What's our final record going into the SEC tournament? I'm going to say 22 and 9. I'm going to say we lose at A&M and we lose at Auburn and we win the two in TBA. That's what I'm going to say. What that would been, that would have been my pick. Um I and honestly, I think I think we should beat Auburn, but our lack of post game right now scares me to death. I think our guards and their guards cancel out. And if we don't have anybody that can play inside, you know, Janai Broom and guys like that could be the difference in that game. Well, and if they get hot from the three-point line, it, we have shown a propensity to not be hot from the three-point line. <laughs> and so if, if they get hot, it, it'll be tough to, to stay with them. So Grand Canyon just made a pitching change. And the guy that came to the mound – his first name is Brody. His last name is Cooper Vasilaskis. Whoa. <laughs> we now know team. why Grand Canyon does not have the names on the back of their jerseys. <laughs> I couldn't fit his. <laughs> this, this one dude caused the entire team to not get their names on the back of their jerseys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Brody, we can't do it because of Brody. <laughs> Cooper Vasilaskis. That's like 28 letters. Yeah, that's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the Vols, they're looking sharp tonight. Tells. I mentioned I bragged on the Citadel and San Diego's uniforms. The Vols are in my second favorite uniform of theirs. Well, no, 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 third. My my second favorite Vol baseball's uniform is the orange jerseys that they're wearing right now with the Vol script on them with the white pants that's my second favorite they're wearing the, the gray pants right now my favorite vols uniform is the the creams with the vols orange script across all cream yeah i mean that's that looks really good that that, that it's the script man it's that vol script it looks so good so they had I'll one look. they had one game last year and i hope they do it again but they had one game last year where they put the dark mode jersey the black jersey with the cream pants that was sweet yeah I, I, i'd say numero uno is the, the cream jerseys and pants with the orange ball script and then a close second is the orange jersey with white ball script and white pants that's that's some sharp stuff there well, you got any last thoughts, Rustin, before we sign off of here? Uh, like I said, just so frustrating. Um, I I hope that – I think Rick Barnes is a really good coach. I think he's got a really good staff. Um, I hope they can find a way to get in these guys' heads and and help them realize how to be consistent. Because if this team becomes consistent, they can make a deep postseason run. But in the very same breath, this could be the next team to lose to St. Peter's. <laughs> their, their inconsistency is, is just so unbelievable. You just never know what in the world they're going to do. Yep, absolutely. 
Well, we appreciate everybody joining us tonight. Uh, you can always find us at thevolbros.com. Uh, you can see all the videos that we've done, all our live streams on there too. It's all auto-fed into that page. So you can always find us at thevolbros.com. Uh, you can always find us at, at the Volbros on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube and Instagram. So we hope that y'all find us there. And hey, we're we're getting so close to a thousand subscribers. That's that's our goal right now. Like I said, YouTube's already putting ads on our videos, so they're making money off of us. I mean, I'd like to make some of that if they're gonna make money off of us too, you know. And so uh if you haven't already subscribed, man, we would absolutely love it if you would subscribe. That would be amazing. Um, but we hey, text a buddy. Uh we will be back. We'll be here Tuesday night. It'll be late. Uh, the Vols play at seven. So it'll be a late uh, show, probably about nine 30. Um, but we'll be here. And then, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll be seeing everybody before next Saturday too. Cause that, that'll be the next game, but Vols how, nice would it be, how, how nice would it be for them to go into college station and perform the way they're capable and us be able to get on that show nine thirty Tuesday night and actually be able to talk about them positively. That'd be awesome. I love that. <laughs> uh, because this is also another thing. Uh, we'll have two things to talk about at least that night because the basketball team is playing at Texas A&M, but the baseball team has uh, two home games Tuesday and Wednesday against Alabama A&M, both of which are at 4.30 p.m. So that game, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Um, you know, that game, that uh, 4.30 p.m. game will be over well before 9.30. And so we'll be able to talk about the, the baseballs, base balls uh, beating, I mean, I'm going to assume they're going to beat Alabama A&M. Uh, they'll play them at 4.30. I'd be interested to see who gets to start in that game. I wonder if... Uh, uh, not Seacrest. What's his name? Yeah, Xander Seacrest. It'll be yeah, him. Yeah. They um they uh last night Seth Halverson came in in long relief. Um, it's pretty clear that's how they're going to use him. He's going to be the emergency starter and long relief guy. Um, it'll be interesting to see if maybe he starts that Wednesday game against possible Alabama Alabama and M. I, I don't think he'll throw in the Tuesday game, but I think he, we could potentially see him. Uh, well, actually, that. it might be flip flopped because he threw long relief last night, and if they want to have him available for the weekend, he might actually start the Tuesday game, and Seacrest might start the Wednesday game. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but but they they play those those two games. So Tuesday night we'll be talking uh, Vol baseball again as well as ball basketball. Hopefully we'll be talking about two wins. That'll be awesome. But uh, we so appreciate everybody joining us as always, man, this is awesome. We love doing this. It's so much fun. Uh, so we hope everybody has a wonderful evening. Uh, go Vols. The Lady Vols should be wrapping up any moment. Uh, you got a score still, on that one. Still three to one, the top of the seventh. Well, there you go. Um, so the Lady Vols so close to a win right now in the softball team. And uh, the baseballs are probably – about to wrap it up too. They're they're, they're both in like in the sixth inning, seventh inning. Um, no, we're actually still in the top of the fifth. It's three to one. We've got bases loaded, two outs. Gotcha. Well, I hope everybody has a great evening. Uh, Zach, welcome back, buddy. 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're the man, Zach. You're the man. Does they, he not they, know? Yeah. <laughs> Send him a link. Are going <laughs> Send him a link. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, hopefully we'll, uh, when we see everybody Tuesday night, we'll be talking about how the baseballs are two and one at that point. Uh, I'm sure Kiki Malloy will hit another couple of home runs before then. And, yeah. um, and then we'll, uh, we'll see everybody Tuesday night. So I hope everybody has a great evening. Go Vols. And we will see you all soon.